Monday night, May 6th at the Hyatt Regency in San Francisco. You're invited to join athletes and celebs at the Bay Area Sports Hall of Fame Enshrinement Dinner. Be there to celebrate this year's class featuring Olympic swimmer Jenny Thompson, San Jose Earthquakes legend Chris Wondolowski, Niners Super Bowl hero John Taylor, Sharks icon Patrick Marlowe, and the architect of the Giants dynasty, Brian Sabian. Be a part of this star-studded evening benefiting Special Olympics Northern California. To purchase tickets, visit Bayshoff.org. That's B-A-S-H-O-F.org. We're getting you ready for the game on The Build-Up with news from around the league, interviews, highlights, and more. Here's your host, Ted Ramey. All right, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome as we get ready for tonight's game against L.A. Just some quick lineup notes. Barabanov is back up into the lineup. Reimer will get the start again. Uh, Barbie's going to play on Benino's line, as he likes to call it, with Couture. And then Gregor will take over for Cunning on Sturm's line because Cunning took that injury, so he's still out. We're now going to bring in Shang Peng of San Jose Hockey Now and NBC Sports California. Shang, what's going on, man? How are you doing? I'm uh, very cold in L.A. That's something that is rarely said, but now we can look back and say that on Saturday, December 17th, 2022, Shang Peng was cold in L.A. <laughs> I gotta ask well, you, um, what your your definition of cold? Can I ask how cold in LA is it right now? It's not really that cold. It's just uh, my family home in LA. We don't have much in terms of central air, so it is actually cold because we don't have any any heat on. <laughs> if I had some heat on, uh, then it'd be all right. But uh, yeah, so <laughs> well, you need to you need to go for a a jog in the sand of the beaches. Go out to Malibu when we're done here, and you'll get your. Uh... No, 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 I got my hands in my. I got a sweater <laughs> with the. Uh, with uh, what 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 are that that pocket that, that kangaroo pocket? I have my yeah. my hands in that kangaroo <laughs> pocket like I'm Jim Kelly in Buffalo. So, <laughs> yes, Jim Kelly in Buffalo is pretty similar to <laughs> Shang Peng in L.A. But exactly uh, same thing. <laughs> uh, you know, I I gotta ask you with the Sharks, man. Like we've watched them win a couple of games, which is good. Not gonna deny that. We've seen them play a more uh, less error prone style of hockey. How much are we to derive from that? Who they were playing against? versus how much they've improved as a team. Because I will just quantify or excuse me, qualify that by saying they didn't beat the Chicago and the Anaheim when they played them previously and played some very mistake prone hockey. So should we be pleased that they, you know, beat Anaheim and beat Arizona, or do we say they're they're supposed to? How do you view it? I think there are two ways to look at it. On one hand, I would say that it is encouraging to see that not only did they beat uh, kind of teams that belong in the cellar like Anaheim and Arizona, but they really actually dominated them. And I will say even those two Anaheim games that they lost early in the season, the second game, they dominated Anaheim. Uh, they just lost it with some of these mistakes that you 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 mentioned. Mm-hmm. And the first game, they lost Anaheim in a shootout. Um, you know, that was a bit of a scrambly game, so... But for the most part, though, they have done a good job um, outplaying, you know, far what on paper, far weaker competition. And I so I think that's that's a good sign because that's what you expect if 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 your team is, quote unquote, better. Mm-hmm. Uh, but on a hand, though, obviously, the record kind of reflects, uh, I guess, really who they are. And even if they have these kind of 
good stretches of hockey. Uh, they have been lacking, like uh, David Quinn says, that winning hockey. And also, too, yes, obviously playing the weaker competition. Um, great, you know, bully that you get wins there, but you don't get to play Anaheim and Arizona 82 games a year. So uh, we will see tonight against L.A., obviously a much stronger team, uh, if they can kind of continue uh, staying kind of disciplined and playing that way. And if that way works, you know, because what happens a lot of times, I think, is when you play a better team, a team that challenges you more, then you start to take chances or, you know, maybe you're down in a game because the team you're playing is better. So you take more offensive chances or uh, there's more pressure on a four check. And so you don't have the time to make the play that you might get to make more, more likely or more often against the Arizona or Anaheim. And that's and so, what I'm wondering about tonight against yeah. this LA team, because we've seen them take more than a few bad penalties as of late is, does that have to be an area of focus going into this game? Does David Quinn need to tell, and I, I hate to point a guy out, but does he need to say to, to Kevin LeBanc, like, Hey, you got to make sure that you're not overreaching if you get beat because it's better to get beat in a small instance along the wall than to go to the box. Like, does that have to be a point of emphasis or do you think it goes without saying? Yeah, I think it goes without saying. Um, you know, I think the, 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 the Sharks kind of lucked out for a really long stretch of time. Not lucked out. I shouldn't say that, but you know, their penalty kill was at you know, killing at above 90%, which is, has never, I, that's, that's at a historic, yeah. <laughs> if the Sharks were able them to, to maintain that, that would be a, a historic achievement. Uh, no team since NHL has tracked penalty killing percentage since 1977 uh, has killed at a 90% rate for the season. Um, I think the highest was 89.6, the Devils in 2011-12. Uh, so anyway, uh, for the Sharks to maintain that, what they were doing earlier in the season just wasn't going to happen, just wasn't likely. You know, on a PK, you're down a man. So uh, that means somebody's open for the other side. And so the Sharks weren't going to keep keep that up. Um, and so they, you know, they weren't taking – actually, overall, if you look at the numbers, they've actually done a good job of not taking a lot of penalties this season compared to the rest of the league. They mm -hmm. also haven't drawn a lot of penalties too, but, you know, uh, overall, though, their differential is 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 okay. Uh, but, of course, yeah, you don't want to go 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 to the box, and you don't want to take it for a lot of these kind of offensive zone reaching kind of penalties that they've been taking, not just uh, Kevin LeBanc. Obviously, LeBanc is sort of the chief guy. Um, he – I mentioned on Twitter, a couple days ago he's tied with Milan Lucic among uh I think forwards or all angel players in uh in penalty differential and, and, huh. and in a bad way <laughs> yeah in terms of uh, uh he has a negative eight uh different uh, uh take uh, uh draw I'm sorry taken versus penalties drawn um he's uh, I think uh, Kevin's only drawn one penalty this year and he's taken nine and that's a uh, league worst and that's not a category that you want to be league worst in obviously um uh, and so yeah so so I think though anyway though that any game that's 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 a focus you don't you don't want to be down even if you have the best penalty kill in the league or the second best i think is where the sharks are at right now uh even if you have that you don't you don't you don't want to be down if it's not for a good reason if, it, if you're not taking a penalty defending or or something like that yeah i mean it, like you said it was a matter of time before they cooled off a little bit on the penalty kill and you know obviously the law of averages has to play in but it does seem like they have bounced back in the last few games and you know i've been looking to catching their stride again like i mean do you if you're david quinn do you look for these points of emphasis and say okay like we're really good at the kill we have to keep that up like because obviously the results across the board are not 
um, you know, good enough for, for obvious reasons. I mean, their record is what it is, but does that make them want to put that much more emphasis to try to keep the kill at a, at a high standard, like start with their strength and build from there? Um, I don't know. You know, like, uh, if the, if the kill is the best part of your team and the other parts of your team aren't working, then, uh, you're not likely to be a good team. And actually that's kind of what the sharks have been right. The last three <laughs> years, they've been good in this particular area uh, of the penalty kill, um, kind of exceptionally. So considering their five on five defense hasn't been that good. And, uh, but of course the kill is only a few minutes a, a game. And, uh, so, yeah, so I, I don't know. They, I think they just got to keep doing what they're doing. They got to kind of um, – these kind of peaks and valleys with the penalty kill are to be expected because, uh, again, like you mentioned, law of averages, right? And mm-hmm. so they've done a good job of managing that here. I think the kill has sort of – in terms of just uh, being able to – uh, not allow a lot of chances, and even though they gave up a a, a two man advantage goal to I think Arizona the last game, I think they they they've done a good job the last couple of games of just kind of uh, you know getting back to to sort of what their identity is with with a PK, and then you just sort of hope it plays out. You get some bounces there because you always need some bounces there on a PK, or you get or or you get some saves there. So I don't know if you need to overemphasize it or, or or anything. You know, I think there's a lot of areas in the Sharks' uh, overall game that needs attention. Again, we've got Sheng Peng of San Jose Hockey now joining us here on the Sharks Audio Network. What's your take on Kako uh, Kakinen right now? Because I was pretty surprised that after he had a bad night, which eventually saw Edu Makanyemi come in, that he didn't immediately get the next start. That Makanyemi got it and. You know, I'm I'm kind of curious where the Sharks are on Capo right now, just because there was a lot of hope for him. They they traded pieces for Hill, and then they ended up trading pieces for Capo. And right now, Hill is having the better season. That said, he's on a better team, and I'm not. You know, there's a lot of other factors to take in. But where are you on that situation? Well, in the small picture, that tells you where the Sharks were at with with Capo's game when they. Uh, went with uh, uh, Eto uh, immediately the next game. Uh, their, you know, Coppola's game wasn't at a good place there. And so they're still working on it. You know, I think that they do believe in him. It's only been a couple of months. Um, and it's been a rough start, obviously, uh, this season so far. But it's only been a couple of months. Um, he's, you know, young goalie. He's talented. And so they're they're going to keep working with them. He's going to get his first start. Uh, once again against uh, Calgary uh, this weekend and hopefully uh, some of the stuff that he's been working on technical stuff and even just mentally he's in the right frame of mind that he can get back to his game Um, I do I I, you know it's not one of these things where he's been struggling for a long time for the team I think the most obvious comparison uh, actually speaking of the Kings is uh, Cal Peterson Mm -hmm. and uh, Peterson's been struggling for a couple of years there I know he's a young goalie that they like a lot obviously because they signed him to uh, a very rich contract there and Sh- sharks, not exactly the same scenario. They signed a uh, couple to a, uh, uh, not as rich contract, uh, but still they did sign couple to a contract this uh, past off season. They, they like him. And so they're going to give him a lot of chances to kind of find, uh, find his way. And it has just been a couple of months. So, you know, not, not to write him off yet, uh, but you know, they must've seen that he, he maybe need a little more time. He wasn't really quite, you know, you don't want to quite exactly throw him right in there after he got pulled against uh, Vancouver. And, um, and, you know, Eto uh, obviously, uh, uh, you know, had a, had a very strong, you know, he made the right move there. Eto had a very strong game against Anaheim. Do you think that 
by letting Makanyemi get the start, they were kind of giving a little nudge to Capo there? Uh, maybe. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think his own game should be enough of a nudge of himself, right? If you get pulled yeah. against Vancouver, if like, you know, if you look at uh, uh, Capo's game log uh, this season, um, you know, there's one good game and there's two, you know, it's basically it's one good game for every three starts. And other two starts, he's given up four or five goals. You know, I, I think that should be enough of a nudge. I don't, I don't think that... Um, I think the Sharks just made a decision that they they wanted to see what they had with with Eto, and they thought at the time, and they proved and you know were proven to be right that uh, Eto gave them maybe the best chance to win that particular game. I don't think it's a long term kind of combination on mm-hmm. on Capo. If they really really didn't like him, uh, a Capo, uh, then they could have they could have uh, sent him down. They could have they could have treated him like a Cal Peterson, and 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 uh, and and sent him down and 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 uh, to the minors to work on his game and see if anybody would pick up his contract. Uh, but I don't think they're at that point yet with Capo. Capo's working really hard. Um, you know, I uh, spoke with him a couple times in the past week. Um, you know, I think Capo knows where. You know that his game hasn't been where where it should be, and I think it obviously happens with a lot of goalies too. You know they they have these kind of these kind of funk, uh, these 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 stretches of times where the, their game isn't quite there, and so, um, yeah. So anyway, no, I don't I don't think that was like a a, a huge message for for Koppel there. Yeah, no, it was just interesting. I w- I was surprised at the very least, but you know I think it's also the other thing that I wonder about Shang is while the Sharks are in the midst of trying to get the most out of this season, you know, as we get deeper into the year, and I don't think this is going to happen just yet, but I think that as we get closer to the deadline, we will see more and more of the younger players and get more looks at some of these other guys. Cause I mean that and eventually we want that, right? Like we want to be able to see more and more of these young players, or do you, do you think they just maybe don't want to bring them up and keep them away from maybe some of the losing that's going on? Cause they don't want them to, maybe feel the pressure or something to that effect, because we have, you know, heard them kind of allude to not wanting to bring up the, the Bordelos and the Ecklands of the world, just because of the way the Sharks first team is. Well, I think that's a, that is a very different uh, philosophy that uh, Mike Rur has opposed to uh, Doug Wilson I mentioned this many times uh, last three years, uh, Doug Wilson run team or, you know, Joe will, um, 29 San Jose Sharks made their angel debuts in the last three years. And that's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I think uh, under under Doug, it was just sort of like, let's just throw these guys at the fire and let's see who 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 stands out, who sticks. Uh, unfortunately for the Sharks, I don't think it's a it's because of the philosophy, just that the players that they put in there, they tried out just weren't quite angel caliber. The only one that's really stuck out in those last three years is uh, Mario Ferraro. Mm-hmm. And you can argue Kanijov. Uh, obviously, uh, Nikolai's had some really tough injury luck. Yeah. Um, you know, no Gregor, but no Gregor. Obviously, we see that you know he's been in and out of the lineup. So couldn't can't quite say that he's established himself as a bona fide NHL player, you know, player that would play for any team, you know. Yeah. And so far, I was the only one that's really stood out there. And uh, Greer came in with with the uh, you know they said it all all summer that they didn't want to just give guys time NHL debuts, kind of. And so I'm not sure what's better for the development of an Eklund or Bordalo. I mean, you can you can play in a losing environment as long as you're not learning 
you know, a lot of bad habits. And the Sharks obviously have had some bad habits developed over the last three years. But for the most part, though, I don't know if it's it's a it's a toxic locker room to to walk into for William Eklund or Thomas Boyle. I think they can learn a lot by playing up here, too. Um, so we'll see long term, uh, you know, how it helps, how it hurts them. You know, probably is one of those things that probably just depends on individual players. Some players might take wealth for kind of the accelerated uh, development challenge mm-hmm. of, of the NHL. And they might take well to some players. Maybe they do need to be in the minors and kind of uh, as uh, Mike Rear has put it, you know, dominate the, the the minors first, you know, before coming up here. Uh, obviously, the Sharks are leaning now more toward let's keep the guys down there, let them cook, let them uh, let them uh, dominate that league, the AHL, before they, they come up. Um, but I don't know if there's a clear-cut answer either way for uh, what's best, kind of. And uh, in terms of just uh, watching the young players, it would be a lot more fun <laughs> to 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 have these players uh, up here uh, uh, to watch. Uh, but um, I, I think that uh, I think that they're they're definitely going to kind of play out. Uh, I don't know if up to the trade deadline or or whatnot. But as long as the Sharks have like a reasonable shot to make the playoffs, and yeah, the Sharks are. Uh, if you look at the their playoff probabilities, it's not very high right now. So I so so maybe some people say it's not reasonable right now, but there are also 30 games in the season. There's 50 mm-hmm. games left. You know, no team's gonna wave the white flag unless the Sharks were like four. You know, like they're playing like the 92, 93 Sharks. You know, <laughs> um, so I I think I think that'll be a little while yet before we see some of these 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 uh these prospects. But I think we should see them by the end of the season. Um, you know, trade deadline, you trade some pieces away. Uh, let's say you are well out of the playoffs and, and, you know, there's, then it's really not reasonable to make it. You have like 20 games left uh, and and you're not even close. Yeah. Uh, then I don't, I'm not really sure why, why they would keep playing a Barracuda, but um, anyway, though. Yeah. So we'll, we'll, we'll see on that. What do you make of the game tonight? Well, like I said, I think it's a good test for, for, for this team. Um, uh, sometimes I watch this team and I see signs of actually uh, at least an, an average to decent team. And this is as they're constructed now with the, uh, you know, with the, with the forwards they have now with the, um, you know, this is not like kind of like, like kind of projecting out. This is the team that they have. It's, it's may not be a bad team. <laughs> <laughs> which doesn't sound like a lot to say, but uh, obviously with the, with, with the team we watched the last three years, uh, more times than not, they've, they've been a bad team. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 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 so sometimes I watch this team and I think that there, there is some kind of signs that they can kind of make, make, make a run at it. And so I think a team, again, uh, uh, obviously, um, you know, dumbing uh, Anaheim or Arizona, you know, not just the records, you look at their underlying stats that they are, those are bad teams. Um, that's one thing. Uh, LA is not a bad team. Uh, LA, even though uh, their record isn't as good as some people think it should be, a lot of that's because, at least if you look at the underlying stats, a lot of it looks like it because it was because of the goaltending. They have had mm-hmm. rough goaltending this year, from Jonathan Quick to Cal Peterson being uh, waived uh, to now they have a, a Copley and you know kind of a, a career minor leaguer there. Um, so. So their goaltending has been rough, and that's a vulnerability. But in terms of their actual play, five on five, uh, and and whatnot, they look like a, a pretty decent team. So it's going to be a good test. Like I said, uh, a better team should 
should prove to be more of a challenge toward your sort of your faith and your principles uh, that that David Quinn is trying to get these guys to play to. And so, you know, we'll see if uh, if the Sharks can kind of adhere to the, these principles, you know, the puck management and uh, not forcing the offense against a more challenging opponent. All right, Shang, appreciate your time as always, man. And I will see you tomorrow night at the tank. Yep. <laughs> see you tomorrow. Again, that is Shang Peng of San Jose Hockey Now and NBC Sports California breaking down the latest with the San Jose Sharks. Be sure to join us at 7 o'clock tonight for our live pregame coverage right here on the Sharks Audio Network as we get ready for the game against L.A. And then we'll be back at it tomorrow night from the tank. 7 o'clock start, 6.30 pre, right here on the Sharks Audio Network. We are just about out of time, but I will see you all tomorrow morning on Morning Tide before we turn it around quickly and head to the tank for another game. For the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Ramey, signing off. This podcast can be found for download under Sharks Hockey Digest on iTunes, Google, and Spotify. And on demand anytime on the Sharks Plus SAP Center app presented by Western Digital. All music by Yogi Yen.